Welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast. My name is Omar Mohammed, helping you improve and progress in business and in life. The Breakthrough Podcast is all about discovering new pathways and it's brought to you by the Maryland, Maryland, I always get that, the Minority Business Development Agency out of Washington, D.C., and of course, uh, EDAC at Morgan State University. And for those who are not familiar, EDAC is the Entrepreneurial Development and Assistance Center. Uh, I'm Omar Muhammad. Over there is my co-host, Leanna Robinson of Fourth. Hey, Leanna. Hey, what's going on, brother? How you feeling? Improving and progressive, man. How about yourself? It's a blessing just to be here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about our next uh, our next session, definitely. All right, good deal. All right, so before we get to our special guest, I do want to let you know that you can go onto our website, edacmorgan.com. That's E-D-A-C, morgan.com. And over there, you'll see past episodes of the, the Breakthrough Podcast. This is really episode number 44. So we've been uh, providing some great content over the last couple of years. Uh, so you'll see the podcast, you'll see the Ride University, Ride You, and it's really just 10 minutes or less of resources to help you start operating, grow your business. Uh, we also have a relationship with the Returning Citizens Magazine. Uh, we just started that partnership back in March. Uh, so we do an article, we highlight some returning citizens, and they promote it. Uh, well, we really provide content to their magazine. So uh, you'll see the past uh, issues there. And we have an event coming up. We call it the Ride Impact Event. And that's going to be October the 20th, October, August the 20th from 10 to 2 o'clock. It's going to be hybrid. Uh, so for those individuals who can't make it to the location we're going to be at, which is going to be at uh, the Cube Co-Work on Hartford Road, uh, we'll be there for the event. Uh, so some of the topics will be access to capital, uh, family reunification. Uh, we'll have someone talking about skill development. Uh, so it's going to be a real opportunity, real uh, opportunities for some impact and for you to meet some of the individuals who have been on a podcast as well as through the entrepreneurship bootcamp. So I know that's a lot. That's why you go to the website. You can find out more information there. And, yep. And we also are on IG at Ride Small Biz. And with that said, I want to bring to the Breakthrough Podcast. Um, now, I know you put Marty on there. So do you prefer Marty or Martin? Marty is fine. Yeah, Marty right. is fine. Marty, Marty McNair. Hey, bro, welcome to the Breakthrough Podcast. How are you? Hey. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming on. Man. Thank you. Absolutely. Yep. So one of the things that we first we start off with first is, you know, how long have you been home? And then when you got when you returned home, um, did you think entrepreneurship or were you thinking entrepreneurship? Well, for me, um, it's actually been. Um, wow. I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got a lot of my experiences out the way as a younger man, you know? Um, uh, so it, it's been literally uh, maybe 25, 26 years for me. Um, and to answer your question, uh, Omar, basically, man, you know, when I came home, you know, I remember man literally standing in the yard and you know, when you're young, you know, and, and um, you know, I remember standing in the yard and I talk about this in my book, man. And, me and three other cats were standing in the yard. Everybody was really talking about their plans when they got home, you know, and it's like when I go back uptown, man, and, you know, cats was really like, you know, this is, 
you know, you figure all of us like in our mid twenties, you know, I don't, I mean, I might've been 27, 28, you know, at that time. And I went into 25 and, um, uh, and man, guys were really just saying like, man, you know, I got another run in me. I got this in me. Like, I'm going to try, I'm still, I got another run in the game with me. You know, I'm going to go home and get some money. And my thing was, you know, I had a, I had a, a substance abuse problem. So my challenge was, or my main focus was, man, I got to go home and stay clean. That was my number one priority at this point. You know, it was like, long as I stay clean, everything else will come together. So mm -hmm. when I came home, I knew that was really one of my biggest challenges, you know, really. And I was just very, very focused on what my plan was, you know, and my plan was to, uh, at that particular time in my life was follow some of this instruction that I, all these people I had heard coming in and out of the, out of the prisons um, in regards to self-help and, and AA and NA and things like that. It was like everybody was saying they had a template. The day you go home, go straight to a meeting. And man, that was really the thing that I was very focused on my recovery at that point. You know, so really entrepreneurship really wasn't the primary focus at that time. Yeah. However, you know, my recovery definitely was at that time. Uh, I appreciate you sharing. Wow, 20 years. Wow. It's a long time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I came home and never looked back, man. But, you know, the interesting thing you know, really depending, I came up in the eighties and, you know, the misinformed rights of passage in the manhood were very, very distorted. And, you know, mm -hmm. what I mean by distorted was because, you know, really you look at some cultures and, you know, really you may have to go out and, and uh, to become a man, you had to go out and do certain things. You might have to, if you're in the jungle, you may have to go out and kill a lion or something mm -hmm. to that effect or somewhere else you may get tattoos or, you know, some type of body markings. And I think, you know, really in Baltimore City or many, many subcultures in, in, in America, uh, in inner city communities, you know, you had the three, the three rites of passage to a man where you had to get arrested, you know, so your friends wouldn't know you, you, didn't, you wouldn't snitch on them. You had to go to jail. And if nobody took advantage of you or did anything to you sideways, you know, that was another thing. And then the other thing you had to show you could fight, you know, you could fight, bang a gun, all these unrealistic things in that microcosm of of the world but those are very very realistic things at that time but they were very very distorted and our misinformation our misinformation just unfortunately caused so many of us our lives at that time because we all wanted to expedite the process of manhood in a sense the wrong way the wrong way absolutely absolutely so, so marty so yeah. what led you to entrepreneurship uh a scarlet letter <laughs> right. And, and, and this is 1000% total honesty, man. I got tired of writing a letter of me explaining how I paid my debt to society. Or I got tired of checking the box. Mm -hmm. And whenever that, you know, you might feel good about a job or a position. And as um, soon as you, you know, you're doing that online application or you're doing it, as soon as you check the box, have you ever been incarcerated? Blah, 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 blah. Now I'm trying to, now I got to explain what I already paid my, my debt to society. And now I got to go around and I had all these community leaders and all these things vouch for my credibility. And I'm like, man, you know what? Later for that, man, like, you know, I was forced into entrepreneurship because I didn't want to let somebody else take, let their, they, they had control or their decision dictated what my life or my destiny would be or my, my level of success would be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what was that, that thing that, uh, that that not forced you, but what is that your, your business? You know, so talk about you know what business you're in, 
I know okay. you have another business, but you know sure. you can talk about as many businesses as you want. Yeah, no, no, no. So let me tell you, you know, really how I even got to where I'm at now. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur, man. So you name it, I've had clothing stores. I did. I've had this. I've sold insurance. I sold cars. You know, I was always a, a self motivator. You know, I always had a mentality: if I don't kill it, I'm not going to eat it. And so mm-hmm. I've always kind of had my. I was always a good self starter. You know, I'm a guy that took the real estate test seven times before I passed it, but the big thing about prison for me was the interesting thing. This is really going to sound crazy. What I my mindset was: if I could, if I could complete a prison sentence, I could do anything. Wow! Because technically, beyond high school, that was really the first thing I've ever completed. That's so true. you know, I went to college, didn't complete that. You know, and then when I, you know, that was one of the things, man. If I complete them little three and a half years that I did, man, and it was like, man, I, hey, look, I can, I can do anything at this point. Do anything, you know, do anything. right? Right. You know, and that yeah. that's the mentality or that's really an advantage that a person, you know, coming home from incarceration, that's one of the big advantages that they have, because, you know, really, if you can if you completed a significant amount of time, obviously, you know how to deal with adversity. You know, obviously, you know how to navigate around eggshells in Vietnam and things of that nature. And clearly, you know, you have a lot you have a, a lot of skills that, you know, you may not even, you just take for granted in a sense, but that was really my thing. So I figured, man, you know, if I can complete that, I can complete anything. Like I said, I'm the guy that took the real estate exam seven times before I passed it. You know, it was wow. only the Merle Law part that just snapped me seven times straight. But, you know, because, I, and, and the thing with that was I had an insurance license. So I kept trying to confuse the insurance commission and the real estate commission is the same. And, you know, finally, but again, the learning lesson from that was, okay, Maybe I should get some additional reading materials, you know, prior to the sixth time. Let me do that as soon as I finish the course or whatever. So at that particular time, you know, I did a variety of businesses, but really, you know, I threw enough things um, against the wall to make them stick. But really where I really made an impact was back in 2014, 2013, uh, me and a business partner, uh, we stayed together for like eight years, literally. Uh, We just wanted to help some people, man. And we opened up some male transitional houses. Mm-hmm. And while we were in the process of getting a nonprofit, uh, a nonprofit kicked in and I was still, you know, working some circles um, and with the, and with a different crowd of folks that I normally hung with. And, you know, really a lot of the hunger releasees were getting out at that time. You know, all of the lifers in Maryland were getting out and they needed housing. So we got into that space, man, a reentry, man. And really it just evolved from reentry. And then we got into the space of, uh, Everybody, not all of the reentry guys, but everybody that came through our program at that particular time usually had three things going on with them. They had a mental health problem, they had a behavioral health problem, they had a substance abuse problem. So while we were in the process of outsourcing people, like, well, you got to go to treatment if you're standing in here. And when we start visiting outpatient programs, one of the things that we realized that they needed, they, their challenge was retention. Mm. How do we get these people to come back every day? And then what we realized was we got housing. So that's how you get them to come. We had the magic, right. we had the magic, you know, the magic uh, um, uh, formula at that point. We had housing. So at that point, you got us, he, he who controls the roof controls the dynamic of what goes on. Yes, so sir. in 2016, we got into the, we threw our hats in the mental health or the substance abuse space. And man, it was just so much that I learned about that business. But, you know, really, Keep in mind, especially when it comes to reentry, since this is a reentry podcast, you know, the main three things that people need when you come home, I don't care who it is. These, this is a formula. I used to do a podcast as well. 
It was called the Restore My Dignity Project before life events changed. And basically it's three things that people need when they come home from prison. You need housing, you need mental health support, and hopefully, you know, you'll get, you can entwine some substance abuse support in that as well. Those things, those, those three things, you know, if you don't have a substance abuse problem, that's cool. But mental health and substance and housing are key to reentry. Key. Because guess what? If I come home and I ain't got nowhere to live, don't nothing else matter because now I'm in survival mode again. Yeah. You know, wow. now yeah. guess what? Now just because I did 20 years or I did three years or I did two years and nothing didn't happen to me physically. However, my mind still takes mental snapshots of all of the things that happen. So mental health support is key to a person's success upon reentering society. And guess what? And if a person has had a substance abuse problem, clearly, you know, therefore that's where the substance abuse support comes in at as well. So the point that I'm making is, you know, really, I remember when I came home, you know, I followed everybody that was in the, in, the, in a space, what they suggested, don't get a job for a year, don't do this, you know, just get a part-time job, get, get your meetings and things like that. So a lot of people come home and they think, oh man, I'm gonna get a job and I'm gonna do this. We think that panacea, a, a job is a panacea for all of society's ills or mm -hmm. all of my problems. It's not, yep. you know, a job ain't going, okay, all I need is the right job, the right girl and the right car. That's not the case because anybody can right. go get a job, but can you keep a job? Yeah. Exactly. You know, and the main thing is, you know, you can't ignore your mental health because, you know, we think that, hey, I, hey, I am uh, literally substance abuse owner. And one of the things that I started noticing was, man, you know, like I've had our program, we had over 800 clients come through, you know, wow. in, in the amount of time that we were open. And unfortunately, the, the numbers of the percentage of success is, isn't what it should be. But the one common denominator is it's all mental health, yeah. especially with men. It's yeah. trauma. Yeah. That's you know, where it begins and ends with us. What happened to me as a kid, you know, as a kid, and therefore I carry this around. So somebody from the outside looking in, wow, why, why is, why is uh, Keith still, he can't stay out of prison? Because you don't know what Keith deals with. It's not that Keith like prison. Keith just yeah. has some unresolved drama, trauma that he hasn't addressed. And by him right. not addressing it, every time I come home, I use, I make poor decisions because that takes my mind off of the trauma that I experienced as a kid. And I've been carrying this along all my life. And I've had cats, you know, because I was the same way. Unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, I got it. I got in front of my situation in right. the penitentiary. Yeah. And then, you know, when I when I would share my, my traumatic experiences, I'm in a high percentage of men that, you know, had those type of uh, uh, traumas as a young man as a young child and so many of us have experienced that but as men we wear this mask especially in prison you know because prison is the craziest of places because everybody says leave your your feelings home on the shelf but everything is pr predicated off of feelings you looked at me the wrong way you disrespected me yeah. by doing this and all oh, that's emotional, emotional stuff yeah. you know yeah. I, you got to act off emotion so it's an oxymoronic statement of saying Hey, leave your stuff at home. Leave your, leave your feelings at home. I'm supposed to have feelings about one thing, but not another thing. You know, again, and, and, and it could be so much that we have to deal with because, you know, really a good friend of mine, uh, he just did some, he just did maybe 12 in a federal system. And it was a rough 12 for him. And then he told me, he said, bro, I made it rough for myself. But when mm -hmm. you look at a yard full of guys, this is an angry place. 
because look, the girl done done mm -hmm. me dirty, the girl done left me, this, that, the third. So everybody's situation is the same. And now we all in this situation together, running off our feelings and emotions. See my point? Yeah. Wow. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, brother Martin, in, in reference to, you know, your breakthrough, right? Because uh -huh. just listening to you, you talked about how, you know, you recognize that guys were talking about coming home and doing the same things, right? Yeah. And then you also mentioned that you knew that if you could do this sentence in prison, you could come home and nothing could stop you. So could you kind of touch on like your breakthrough and like, because everybody's facing some challenges, but that breakthrough is what yeah. puts you on the, the, the path that you're on right now and the man that you are today. So for the listeners who are returning citizens who may still battle with some, 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 some substance abuse or whatever they may be going on. Like, like when, when did you, can you talk a little bit about that breakthrough, you know, and how yeah. that really like catapult, catapulted your success? <laughs> yeah. My very first visit in the penitentiary visiting room. That was my very first epiphany because wow. man, it, it's interesting because, you know, I remember my mom, I had a cousin that was like older than me, but he was like my mother's little brother. And I remember, man, we when I was when I was young, you know, him and my mother were very tight, and we would go to over to the over to the to the penitentiary, and we would go in that visiting room. And man, I'm gonna tell you, man, I had to be five, six, seven, and I'm gonna tell you when I came up on the opposite side as a prisoner, man, that thing looked the exact same. The chessboard was still in the in the cab in the glass cabinet where uh -huh. it was now. I'm on the opposite side of it as a prisoner now. Right. But I remember I was here when I was five to seven years old. So that's what did it for me. And then one of the main things for me was I kept, you know, at that time, you know, of course I was I was addicted to drugs. So of course I'm 60 days here, 30 days here, uh, a year suspended here, two years suspended here, you know. So I was always in and out. This was just my longest, this was my first prison set, my first bit. So right. at that time I had already knew like, man, first opportunity I can get to get a break away from the drugs because I was the type of guy every time I would get locked up I never used in prison and I never wanted to use when I came home but I had no information when I came home to do anything different so what do I wind up doing I'm I'm, I'm in the insanity cycle I'm going back to the same neighborhood the same, you're, neighborhood, you're the not, same nature expecting a different yeah. result <laughs> and that happened so much because of lack of information and I knew me personally that like, nah, man, I, I wait up, man. It's it's too much. I got I got too much living. This isn't this isn't the final hurrah for me. Like, okay, you wanted to get here so bad, you know what I mean? Now you're here, you see the same for you, what you want to do when you get home. And that was really my breakthrough. Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So seem like you not seem, you are a serial entrepreneur, you know, yeah, man. shorts, yeah. clothes, cars, and sure. you know, nonprofits. And I know you're doing another nonprofit. So if you want to talk about that nonprofit, you know, you're, you're open to, to right. do that. Yeah, thank you. So the big thing, my my what I, my focus now is, and it's been for the last four years, um, a lot of people know me. They probably see me in the media a lot, you know, really waving the advocacy signs. So my son Jordan had passed back in 2018, University of Maryland football player, had a heat stroke, um, first day of football practice. And man, it's uh, it's interesting because I literally was with a group of brothers, some police officers, some other brothers that were reentering citizens, literally like a week prior to, we were looking at um, some reentry re efforts 
in the city of Baltimore. You know, this is what we, the group I was a part of. And then my son got, you know, he got injured on the football field. Uh, unfortunately, he, he passed two weeks later. But one of the main things was, you know, my son had a heat stroke and I had no clue about anything. My son, all I know is my son, six five football player, lifelong athlete. He was not me. I was determined that you ain't got, I call it dummy tax. You ain't got to pay none of this dummy tax because I'd have paid it all for you, man. So, you know, really, I was very, very focused on his success. So when this happened to him, man, like really, you know, it just really like, man, changed my whole world. You know, one of the main things I kept asking was if I didn't know these things about a heat stroke and I didn't know these, I just asked the two questions that every parent in America usually asks when it comes to sports. Can he play and why isn't he playing? You know, two days, I tell everybody two days, a couple days prior to him uh, signing his, his uh, letter of intent or recruitment letter during the recruitment process. I asked the coach, you know, from University of Maryland at that time, can he get some playing time and what's your support around mental health and substance abuse? Because that was my space. And that was it. I didn't think to ask any questions regarding in the event my son get hurt, what type of systems, emergency, emergency, all the questions I ask now in regards to student athlete safety, or I encourage other parents to ask. You know, I had no idea about none of this. But the interesting thing, a lot of people that don't know, and I'm glad you guys asked, this was an ideal transition. People don't know, I was already, a lot of people don't know, I was already in the advocacy space. Like, I'm just telling you, I was a reentry advocate. You know, a very, very dedicated reentry advocate. So when my son passed, the trajectory of my advocacy just changed. And, you know, here we are now, four years later, um, we just got, four, we got our fourth law passed that went in effect on July the 1st. Yeah. And man, when I tell you, it's really been a, uh, uh, we got, luckily we got a national platform. Um, unfortunately, you know, so many kids are still dying from these same types of sports injuries. It always boils down to the same thing. Um, but again, we never hear about these things because they're usually in geographical areas that, you know, we've never heard of West Texas, New Orleans, it's in somebody's city versus a national platform and our national platform really allows us to really help a lot of people and really to educate a lot of people in regards to these type of injuries and we really advocate around heat related injuries, but we really advocate also around uh, um, emergency action plans because that's usually the consistent uh, denominator or the least common denominator in all these deaths across the nation. Did they have one? Was one was one practice? And for those of all those of us that really don't know what an EAP is, it's the equivalent of a fire drill. You know, guess what? You all we all know if we work somewhere, they'll run a fire drill every now and then. However, the potential for a fire drill, a fire to happen happens every day when you walk out on the sports field, whether it's football, basketball, anytime you you playing kids and sports. The potential for something to happen is very, very high. And you want to have the right systems in place that you don't have to think about what to do. You know what to do all the time. You know, like we need this a very, very fluid, uh, a very, very fluid process. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do because it's not a matter of what is going to happen, when it's or what's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. And that's what we really advocate around those type of things from like that. Uh, yeah, sorry for your loss, and you know, thank, thank you, you, thank you for sharing too, bro. We yeah, really thank appreciate you. that. Um, so I, I did want to, you, you know, I know we talked about this before, and I know this is a, a podcast for uh, returning citizens, but you know, hey, it's your story. 
And I think, yeah. you know, this is, this is, this is part of your story. So, you know, thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I do want to transition to the, the entrepreneurship piece, you know, so you've been a serial entrepreneur, like I said before, I mean, you've had for profits and you've had nonprofits, you know, what advice would you give to somebody? I'm not going, well, yeah, for those individuals that are returning home, as well as those individuals who may have uh, been home for 10 or more years as it relates to entrepreneurship. Yeah. So what I would suggest anybody, especially if it's a, a new entrepreneur, you know, everybody looks like they're doing well. Everybody, everybody look like they're getting some money, you know. And again, the main thing is, you know, yeah, a lot of times it just depends, you know, depending on what type of business you get in. I got into a business where our hearts were in the right place. We weren't genuinely helping people. We weren't chasing the money at that time. The money came because our hearts were in the right place. Yeah. Now, the main thing I just suggest to anybody you know, really do your research first, yeah. you know, do your research first, you know, do what you think you should do and don't be scared because guess what? You know, really, like I said, I took the real estate exam seven times and I got my life and it wasn't even about selling real estate. It was about passing the test at that point. <laughs> but I got it my is. real estate Look, license. It took me, I'm a, I'm a license 82, took me four times. So you it's got me right, by three. Exactly. I thought right. that was a lot. <laughs> exactly right so the main thing was you know really and then at that time when i got mine it was a 09 you couldn't give a house away at that point you know the market had yeah, crashed sure. but i just was really you know very very focused and not let that thing defeat me but the main thing is you know to newer entrepreneurs do your research you know i know everybody looks like they get money and everybody looks like you know hey oh look like they doing well do your research because a lot of times looks can be very very deceiving or we can only see the good parts of a successful business. You're not going to see, you know, yeah, I talked about a successful business for eight years, but keep in mind, you know, really, you know, I never really talked about, you know, how some of them days, you know, me and my business partner, we might scrounge and scrape, you know, and it was like, it's a process to get to that level of success. I don't care what the business is. You know, a lot of times nothing happens overnight. So I think that, you know, really just kind of have a realistic plan, an incremental plan. Right. That's the main thing. I didn't go from, uh, hey, I'm doing what I'm doing now. Twenty five years ago, man, when I came home, I had a job. I made one hundred dollars a week, even though that was a long time ago. But it was a part time job and it met my needs. It's a process. Yeah, it's, a process. it's an incremental process. Now, for the, the business owner that's been in business, you know, I mean, been home for 10 or more years. I still say just do your research, you know, do your research. And, you know, a lot of times, obviously, you know, if the older we get, the less, the less, the older we get, the less money we got to play with and the less time we got to mess around with it, right? The less time we have to waste. Yeah. So I think, again, do your research, you know, talk to, I'm a guy that has, I'm a firm believer in, hey, you know what, you know, if you, if you play on the team, you like playing on the team, if you like playing, if you like playing on it, coach the team, if you like coaching it, you know, you may be ready to become an owner at that point. So mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, really, do your thorough research and your market research because, you know, everybody can't, you know, every, a lot of things just seem easy, but what's going to sustain you in business and what's the realities of staying in business. You know, a lot of times, you know, with me, my big thing was, you know, I had a successful mom and pop and my business partner, but the thing is, it's hard to deal with employees. That's the challenging part of any yeah. small time yeah. entrepreneur getting yeah. good employees. We're not corporate America. A lot of times we can't offer, the benefits and all these things in corporate America. So we got to be constantly, you know, trying to be creative to keep a client, I mean, to keep a, a employee. So a lot of times, you know, it's not about hiring people. It's just a matter of 
hiring, hiring quality people and keeping quality. quality. That's really the key to success. All right, good deal. All right, so good deal with that, uh, Marty. So is there a way that people can reach out to you to learn more about you know, entrepreneurship, uh, but more importantly, the Jordan uh, McNair uh, Foundation? Yeah, man, um, please, man. I, I encourage everybody. Uh, of course, we're on all of the social media sites. I'm on Instagram, Jordan McNair. Facebook, Jordan McNair Foundation. I'm sorry. Um, Facebook, Jordan McNair Foundation. Um, LinkedIn for the professional crowd, the Jordan McNair Foundation. Uh, Twitter, you know, I mean, this is just a part of a central part of business right now. Um, so yeah, please, yeah. I mean, and anybody, you know, I try to get people go to my YouTube channels, you know, and look at some of the videos that we produce, you know, um, just in regards to the work that we do. So that's the Jordan McNair Foundation YouTube channel. Um, and most, I look, you got the contact information and I'm the type of guy you DM me, I'm probably going to get back to you within a day or two anyway. So, you know, I'm not that, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm accessible for the, you know, for the, for the right cause and the right reason. Absolutely. Appreciate sure. it. So anything else you want to add before we close out? Oh uh, yeah, man. I tell everybody, you know, especially coming home, you know, man, the main thing is, you know, really, and it's funny because so many of us, we can come home and we can get so caught up in everybody else's expectations. Oh man, you know, this is, you know, such and such, man, you've been gone 10 years. Let me tell you this. If one of you, if any of your friends haven't done anything without you in 10 years, they ain't the ones you even need to be angry with. <laughs> Absolutely. Guess what? You want, millionaire, you want millions, you hang around millionaires. You want success, you have to hang around successful people. And it's just that simple. I mean, try to come out of our comfort zones, get some new information, to be successful. And most importantly, it's an organic process. It's an incremental process. Rome one built overnight. And I guarantee you, if, if you did have overnight success, you probably wouldn't even be prepared to deal with, to deal with it anyway, because you don't know the process of it. So I encourage everybody, you know, give yourself an opportunity to be successful. And I think, you know, you're well on your way with those things right there. All right, man, much, much appreciated. All right, Leon, any, any final thoughts? Nah, man, this was awesome. Uh, thanks for the great insight and wisdom. You know, um, my takeaway is just enjoy the journey. You know, that's my takeaway from everything you mentioned is just enjoy the process. You know, don't look too far. Don't look too ahead. Just, you know, stay in the now and just be diligent, you know. So um, that's kind of what I took from um, this this uh, episode. And, you know, I'm, I'm truly grateful for you, brother. And I'll be, I'll be touching base with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, sir. good. Thanks for having me, guys. Much appreciated. Thank you, Marty McNair, yes, the Jordan McNair Foundation. Uh, don't forget to follow us on IG. We at Ride Small Biz. Uh, we also have a, a website, edacmorgan.com. That's E-D-A-C-Morgan.com. You can listen to all of the past episodes of the Breakthrough Podcast there. And until we meet again, continue to improve and progress. Peace. And progress. Sir, peace. This is Mitch Lapidot.